welcome to Rewrite the Rules, the show about women leaders in Asia. My name is Ritu Mehrish and I interview successful women leaders across Asia to discover how they are rewriting the rules of life, career and relationships. From these conversations, we will get practical and actionable tips that we can use to accelerate our own career journeys. Don't worry about writing all the points because I will summarize them at the end for you. We will also link the entire transcript in the show notes. Hi, Regina. It is wonderful to have you on our podcast, and I'm sure our listeners are going to get a lot of good takeaways from you. Before we get started, I just want to say a few words about you. So Regina is an early stage startup founder. She's a DEI advocate, an investment management veteran, independent board member, and an Islamic finance advocate, apart from being a daughter, wife, and a mom. And I'm going to stop here because I want Regina to introduce and tell us a little bit more about herself. Regina, so welcome to the show again and over to you to tell us where you are right now in your life, in your career. Just tell us more. Thanks, Ritu. So essentially, I'm an early stage startup founder. So I gave up corporate employment two years ago at the end of 2021. And I decided that I was going to try and see if I could actually make a significant impact within the community, as well as to see if we could actually get more women to start getting organized so that they can actually do better financial planning as well as retirement planning, because we've got a major pension crisis coming up in Malaysia. Having been in the capital markets for over 25 years, essentially I saw a gap between what type of products was actually happening within the investment management industry and what was actually happening on the ground. And that was obviously exacerbated by COVID. So I decided to quit my job and see in which better ways can I actually address this issue. And hence why with my co-founder, Sherry Sharif, to actually build a digital vault. So to basically kickstart a woman's journey towards a better financial security. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing that. I would love to know firstly more about the startup. What is it called? What it does? And then I want you to take us to your corporate life, right? So let's start with your journey with your startup. Okay, so basically the name of the company is Wahine Capital. Wahine is Maori for women. I decided to do something different because being Malaysian, the word for women is Juanita. And I thought Juanita is a bit too generic. And we wanted still to have a word that basically denoted women, but at the Mm. same time, and be a Kickstarter in terms of people being intrigued and finding out what is it. So it's Wahine Capital. And our first product is a digital vault. So it's called W Vault. Very simple. We just wanted it to basically be a Kickstarter because I think the main thing for anyone doing the retirement planning, legacy planning or whatever, they need to get organized, right? So I thought, hey, surely there's a better way of getting organized. So we pre-populated it to make it easier for people to use it in terms of getting their information together. And then we have a dashboard. So you have a visualization of your assets and liabilities, and we'll be putting in a lot more AI and all that so that people can start thinking, okay, where else do I need to improve in the areas of assets and liabilities so that I can actually plan my finances a lot better and not be financially vulnerable if anything happens. So the key thing here was for us, was ensuring that women are not 
financially vulnerable when it comes to death, divorce, retirement, critical illness, essentially. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It definitely sounds like a great product and a great initiative. Regina, I want to go back to your corporate life because I know you spent a big part of your working life in the corporate world and in the whole investment management space. So tell us before you started your startup, what were you doing and what were some of the key highlights of your career? Yeah. So the last 15 years before I quit, I was actually the managing director and country head for Nomura Asset Management in Malaysia. I was the founding staff member when we started in 2006. Wow. Um, I grew it to 7 billion US dollars in size. So basically, we were one of the top 10 in terms of assets under management. I had actually started my career as a legal and compliance officer back in 1996. So a bit of a pivot here and there, right? So yeah. I'm one for challenges. So when I first started my career, compliance got a bit boring. So I started harassing my CEO at that point and asking if I could do more. And because I was rather cheeky and saying that the product people were not reading the guidelines properly, I was lucky that my bosses were going, well, since you think you're so clever, why don't you try product development? And that's what I did. And then I, I don't think the salespeople are selling the product well. So I got thrown into institutional sales and I'm glad I did that. I was always wanting these challenges because it was by the fact that I had a range of different experiences was how the headhunter and my bosses in Tokyo actually found my skills to be quite useful because I had a whole range from the back of it, middle office, et cetera. And so they liked the fact that I was also wanting to push the envelope. Yeah. Nice, nice. Tell me, as you look back at your career, did you know you land where you landed? No, not at all. So I'm a law graduate, yeah? So I even did my bar. I got called to the bar in the UK and everything. And at that point in time, I was thinking, okay, yeah, definitely I was going to go do shipping law, shipping and international law. I guess I've always had itchy feet and I wanted to explore the world. Of course, we all make our choices. Yeah. Regina, tell me, you've had an illustrious career and a long career. As you look back, what have been a few risks or pivots or some chances, funds, whatever you call it, that you've taken that have really landed you where you are? Yeah, I guess in that sense, I've never seen things in a negative way. I don't see it as a risk. I mm. see it as oh, this is a challenge. This is an opportunity for me to be more visible, right? Yeah. To start talking to other parts of the business. I've always wanted visibility. The fact that I like trying to figure out what the other parts of the business was, how it worked and all that, and not just in a matter of just checking some guidelines and boxes and figuring out whether they've complied or not. So I guess in that sense, I've always wanted to see how do you solve things, right? Yeah, so that problem-solving solution type of challenges is something that I've always been very passionate about, yeah. Yeah, it seems like they've served you well. As you went through your career, what have been some of the challenges you encountered and then how did you overcome them? You get to know your bosses very well, right? So I think one of the key things that I, I noticed is that Whenever I made my bosses look good, it was always a good thing because once you made them look good, then they trust you, right? And so when they yeah. trust you, they'll be open to ideas, right? So 
I never pushed for the fact that I said, you've got to give me credit, right? So I just said, I think this is how you should do things. And this will make us look good, right? So the bosses were very happy that they could take away and implement quite quickly and make themselves look good. And that made me quite valuable to them as well. And and that basically created that visibility that I wanted, right? So that I could also do other opportunities. It was also a matter of not expecting people to create opportunities for me, but Mm. trying to figure out by myself, okay, what else can be done? Even now, just we've just released the digital vault. It's still very basic, right? But I'm always trying to figure out, okay, what else can be improved? How do we tweak it? How do I get people to be hooked on my product? Yeah. Now, you're obviously trying to empower women through the whole financial literacy and empowering them through having a good understanding of their financial assets and settings, where is it that we together as women struggle the most or what are some of the barriers we put on ourselves or that get put on us? What's been your view on that? Obviously, there's a lot of cultural nuances that needs to be taken into account. But essentially, I think that generally as Asians, we live in a very patriarchal society, right? So a lot of financial issues and responsibilities are always been left to the men. I see it in my mother. She's a data scientist. When you ask her, okay, we've got to sort things out. You're not getting any younger, blah, blah, blah. How do we ensure that there's all these assets that she gets translated to your grandchildren? And the first thing that she will always tell me would be, yeah, go and tell your dad that, please. Make sure that daddy knows what to do. I guess growing up with a mom like that, despite the fact that she's a professional I couldn't understand why women did that. And I see it, my friends, they all go, oh, my husband will sort it out. But women, we outlive the men, right? In Southeast Asia, at least, it's at least five years on average. So the fact that we also get married a lot younger than the men, so let's say on average we're five years younger, that already means 10 years being single. So if you think about it, you're going to have to be very independent, right? And it's, And when it comes to all matters in life, it always boils down to money, right? So this is where, for us, when we started coming up with the idea, I was thinking, okay, what's the pain point? We all know that we need the money. We know we've got to plan better. The financial products out there are not something that you go out and buy, like makeup or clothes. So how do we connect that? So at the end of the day, we are very emotional beings, right? So whatever information that we, you know, whatever decision-making that we need to do, it's got to have an emotional trigger. It's got to be something that we feel comfortable with. And it's something that, okay, whatever situation that we're in, okay, this is something that I want to do. I think that's where the disconnect has been so far. That Because men are very different, right? Because they've always been told, even if you're not prepared, just go for it. Whereas for women, be 150% prepared and you're still going, I still think I've got room for improvement, right? So there's a lot of limiting beliefs that we have that that basically prevents us from taking charge, which is why W Vault is very simple. We've pre-populated about seven different areas within the assets just to say, okay, these are the main things that you should be thinking of. If you don't have it, perhaps this is something that you need to think about. That's so great. That's so great. And there's so many nuggets there as you were saying it I was thinking yeah sometimes even I'm guilty of saying my husband will take care of it or sometimes he asked me I'm like yeah you just take care of it it's not my thing 
And I was like, wow, I guess I need to relook at, at my own self first. It's a very sensitive issue, right? Because no one's going to admit yeah. that actually they're being very biased towards men or, no. or vice versa as well, right? So yeah. I think, so definitely within Nomura, there was, it was the fact that I was a foreigner. I was sure. female. And I didn't speak the language, right? So that was definitely something that was very scary. But at the same time, I actually used the fact that I'm a foreigner and I don't speak the language for me to get things done and show the results. Because I think the key thing for any organization, they're never going to believe you until you show the results. I never hit the fact that I don't speak the language or I didn't know this and that. But I would actually leverage on the fact that what is it that I am strong at, which means that I know my market. I know the Malaysian fund management industry very well. I know our clients very well here. And that's basically what I did. And that's basically what I proved. So I did basically show Tokyo that I don't have to speak their language. I don't have to go out drinking with them or do the things that men would have to do. So there were some upsides as well. And there's never a queue for the bathroom during breaks when we met up because there are just hardly any women. <laughs> I love that. There's no queue for the bathroom. And when you say language, what language are we talking? The Japanese are very comfortable with their language, obviously. Yeah. So they do understand English but they don't speak it as much. I did consider learning Japanese earlier on when I first joined, but I also noticed that the foreigners who spoke Japanese still had to go through the, the cultural way of doing things, meaning that it's very hierarchical, that they yeah. couldn't just approach a subject directly. It had to be yeah. layered in terms of how, how polite it has to be and stuff like that from a business point right. of view. Whereas as the uncouth foreigner, I could just send an email and just say, okay, this is, these are things that we need to do. And I, I could actually do the direct approach. Yeah. 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 I love the fact because basically what you're saying that leverage your difference here, right? Don't try, if you're working in an environment, just don't try and be one of them, but you can leverage your difference. As you said, being a female, being a foreigner, it gave you okay. Regina, there's one question I wanted to ask. Again, given that you worked for so many years in organizations, what is the role of an organization that you see that can help nurture and, and support women leaders? Is, does organization play at all any role? And if it does, what kind of role do they play? At the end of the day, when it comes to organization, it's always people, right? You can implement all sorts of systems and processes to be very encouraging of women. But at the end of the day, you need to have the right people, right? So I always do tell my mentees and my coaches that try and suss out who your bosses are, right? So if mm. your immediate boss might not be the most facilitative, I would always say that cast your net a lot wider and find out other people that might be of use that you can then leverage on and say, okay, these are interesting people that could actually help me be more visible or get me the recognition that I need. So I just came across a male ally the week and he was telling me about the cookie policy. So hmm. he actually distributes a lot of cookies hmm. so that he goes, you never know who you're going to need a favor from. Oh. So apparently 
every year he actually has truckloads of cookies being delivered to people within the organization. And then that reminded me on how I used to feed a lot of my staff or mm. whoever that I thought I needed a favor from. So I used to be very nice to the secretaries of, of the bosses so that I could always just walk in into the boss's room without getting any issues. Yeah, so that was my version of a cookie policy. That's nice. That's really nice. Also, I think just environment-wise, it's the right time because there's so much focus on DNI in Asia, a lot of focus on gender, bringing up more female leaders. So I think it's also a great opportunity for women leaders to leverage and to make sure they are there and they're grabbing opportunities to be able to succeed. Yeah, definitely the time is perfect. The fact that there's recognition and you've got the SDG goals and all that. And, you know, that definitely there are more women that attain higher education compared to their male counterparts. But the issue is always the fact that from an organizational point of view, it's not very facilitative for women to stay in the job because unfortunately, because of the fact that we are a patriarchal society, we yeah. tend to still bear the brunt of taking care of the kids as well as aging parents, right? So that's right. another whole area that organizations need to also be mindful of because most of Southeast Asia right now is actually an aging society and going to be aged or severely aged very soon. So if you are looking at 2030, you're looking at only 2,700 odd days. So if you start bringing it down to numbers like that, you're thinking, actually, there's not much time for us to sort things out. If I were to ask you to have you thought about advanced care planning, I doubt the answer is yes. Answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that not with pride at all. Yeah. The answer is no. Yeah. So that's the issue, right? There are a lot of things, the fact that we're aging and stuff and we are a patriarchal society. And the challenges for organizations is that, yes, you're going to have a lot more people coming in, but there's also a lot of part of your workforce is going to be aging. And how do you deal with the fact that most people will say, I need to have time off because I need to sort out my parents? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. So organizations do have an important role to play. And actually, at some point in time, organizations will have no options but to be facilitative if they want to, because 50% more working population is going to be women. It's going to be shortage of labor. So organizations, you have an important role to play and you better take care of your women leaders so that they not only come in, but they also stay in and continue to stay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to switch gear a little bit and ask you something outside of his business. How do you, Regina, personally define success? So at different ages, it would be very different things. So when sure. I first started, it would have been, if I was a C-suite, that would be the best thing ever. Mm. But having been the MD and CEO at the age of 34, I realized that I want, to me, success means what do other people say about you? Have you made a mm. positive difference in their lives and I think that is more meaningful so if I were to exit this world I would like to think that I would have made positive impact on at least a few a, a handful of lives right because it's never about your wealth or your money or your title or whatever I think that is much more meaningful and that to me is what success really means wow yeah I, I love that it's a great definition Switching again back to business, Regina, if there were two pieces of advice you would give your 
younger self, what would that be looking back? Yeah, definitely. I would have had those tough conversations with my husband earlier on about money. I would have hmm. said, I think you need to do a bit more and <laughs> and I don't need to be being a superwoman and handle no. all our yeah. finances. Yeah, so I think that would have been number one because then I would have a bit more of a, of a nicer, bigger honey pot at this <laughs> age. Not that I regret spending most of my money on the kids, right? I think that's the thing about yeah. women, right? Most of us would be spending on the home and the family. That's basically it. Correct. So I think, yeah, yeah I would definitely tell my younger self, please, it's a partnership, right? So split it, split it up, really, yeah. Yeah, that's a great advice to your younger self. Again, going back to our audience, emerging women leaders, especially in Asia, our cultural nuances are quite different from the West. What would be those top one or two advices that you would tell women leaders who are navigating through their career as of today? Whatever it is, as women, you don't need to be a man to succeed, right? And not to be afraid to be wearing colors, because I think a lot of women don't like wearing colors. So I like to actually wear colored suits, especially where there's a sea of black suits. And it's easier because people will remember you, right? You still get people going, oh, where's Regina? I don't see her because she's missing in, this, in the sea of suits. I'm always the one wearing either red or yellow or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Regina, you've touched upon such an interesting topic. A lot of time we call it presence, build your presence of how you show up. The other thing, again, the point about selecting colors, it's also a lot about consciously building your brand, what you wear, how you show up, and also creating that recall value. And I know from my own experience of working with a lot of women leaders, people say, oh, but I'm doing a great work. I'm performing very well. So I should get noticed or people will notice my work. And sometimes they underestimate the power of building a brand, investing in building a brand for themselves or in investing in creating that presence for themselves. So I'm so glad you bring that. We still need to, irrespective of what kind of work we're doing, we still need to invest in ourselves, in self-care or whether how we show up. Yeah, I, so I always, because I do coaching and mentoring on the side, I always yeah. tell them it doesn't hurt to just invest yeah. in lipstick at least. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, great. As we're closing and before I start summarizing our conversation, is there any last piece, a story or anecdote that you can remember from your 25 years of career that either shaped you, pivoted you, something that you remember looking back? Is there anything you can share with our audience? Quite a few, but I'll pick the okay. first one that comes to mind, which is basically my first board meeting as a compliance manager. Yeah, and I had just started this new role. And so everyone was new. And there was a major issue of compliance. I think that was a week and a half into the job. And mm -hmm. this CEO of mine, and he's Australian, he's actually a friend now. But basically, he threw me under the bus. It's a compliance problem. She's going to have to sort this out. The, this complete mess that was done before and stuff like that. I had all these board members, basically who's who in the industry. And that was not a great first impression of me, obviously. I got very upset, went to the bathroom, cried a bit. And one of the senior manager ladies actually came up to me and said, I'll give you a bit of advice. Whatever it is, cry your heart out, clean your face, and make sure that this never happens again. 
And I thought that was the best advice ever because I knew always expect the unexpected, especially in board meetings or whatever. Nowadays, I'm always over-prepared rather than under-prepared. So rather than having someone tick me off for saying, oh, why didn't you think about this or whatever, I've always got an answer for them. Yeah, so always be over-prepared rather than under-prepared. And yeah, never show your emotions in front of other people, but the bathroom stalls are pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Love that story. I got so much and we can go on and on, but I also, I'm conscious of your time. So for me, the key takeaways from our conversations were the fact that you said, don't expect others to create opportunities, go and look for them and create them. I think that is one of the key takeaways. The second one I loved about leveraging the difference. You could be, like I said, you could be the only female in that boardroom or in that meeting. So leverage that instead of trying to fit in. And I think that's a very powerful message. And a lot of women leaders out there can resonate with that because there are still a lot of women who will be one or two in a group of 10 or 12, even today. And the third one, it is for all the women. We all have to invest in ourselves. And of course, thank you so much, Regina. It was such a pleasure having you on our show. Love the conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for staying with us till the end. If you enjoyed today's discussion, please take a moment to subscribe to the show, rate us five stars and leave a review. This really helps others find the show and that means a lot to us. Thank you for joining us today. This is Ritu with Rewrite the Rules podcast. See you next time.